Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep. The Mansion of Forgetfulness by Don Mark Lemon. First published in The Black Cat magazine, April 1907. And uh, I found this in The Black Cat. I saw the title and I said, this looks like it's going to be SF. Turns out it's pretty, pretty SF-y. What do you think? SF-y? Well, um, kind of, <laughs> I, you know, I think that it's, I think that, uh, that much of science fiction shows its deep root in fairy tale. Mm. And, this is a story that if we view it as science fiction, I would want to say that it's very much fairy tale science fiction. Very much, yeah. Um, so I don't know where we go. Why don't, tell me what you, how you understand the plot of the story, and then we can, we can sort of compare our senses of how that story is fleshed out. Well, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with backstory, but um, I think we're just telling it the premise is probably the way I would go for it and maybe let you fill in the details. Um, there's a dude named Herbert Munson and he has suffered from, uh, the love pangs of loss. His, his wife slash girlfriend slash, um, fiance died in the ocean and he was separated from her. And, He's also an inventor somehow, and he has invented or discoverer. Actually, it says he discovered the purple ray, which he found could wither and destroy certain human cells of memory without injury or danger. And having created this, he's built a mansion of forgetfulness, the mansion of the title, um, in which anyone can have their memories painful memories of love deleted from their mind. Once you're exposed to the purple ray, you walk out happy, unburdened by your loss. Um, but he also seems to refuse uh, the service to any other purpose. So you can't go in there with um, uh, guilt for having, you know, defrauded your friends or anything like that. You can't go in there uh, for criminal purposes, only for love. And then one day he meets a uh, visitor who he proceeds to send her into the purple ray room. She gets uh, the ray down and then he discovers that she was his lost love. And basically that's the premise, I would say. Did I encapsulate it? Yeah, you did. Um, and, and then, of course, he feels an incredible grief. And the question is... Um, is forgetfulness a good thing or a bad thing? Mm -hmm. It's total forgetting. When when she asks to forget, uh, she asks, and she doesn't say what she wants to forget, though clearly it's the loss of him uh, mm -hmm. that she wants. Um, she asks if she could just half forget. She would like to not feel so deeply the memory of loss. And he says, no, no, it's got to be complete. Um so yeah, I think you did get it, get the sort of the, the the bones of it, but I wouldn't have put them quite the way you did. So oh I, no. Yeah, for you know, 
this gets us to the fairy tale science fiction thing. We're told that he discovered Munson. Well, actually, we don't know what Munson did. The, the line is this, the very opening line, four months after the salt waves had laid at his feet the cold form of his love, came the news that Herbert Munson was the possessor of a startling secret. He had, it was stated, discovered a purple ray that would wither and destroy certain human cells of memory without injury or danger to neighboring cells. So it came the news. Mm -hmm. uh, there's that passive construction. And it says it was he had discovered a purple ray. Well, we're never told mm -hmm. that he invented it. He may have just found it. Like, for example, um, a magical charm that aids the hero of a fairy tale. Right. Now, you you pointed to the word thwart, right? You said um, that, you know, he, Munson, wouldn't allow it to be used in certain ways. Mm -hmm. But in fact, after we're told that people come and they get rid of their grief because they entirely lose the memory of what it is they are grieving about, to this purple ray. The next sentence, paragraph, short. Some came thinking to blot out other memories than that of a hopeless love, memories of sin and crime. But the purple ray would not be thwarted to such base purposes, and they left abashed and disappointed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would not be thwarted. Only people can be thwarted, right? It doesn't say, but the purple ray could not would not be used for such base purposes it says the purple ray would not be thwarted as if the purple ray had a a will of its own which makes one think that this perhaps wasn't a discovery in the sense of invention but more some magical thing that occurs in the universe and a fairy tale universe at that the closest analog that i can think of in science fiction is the Weapon Shops series by A. Van Vogt, um, in, which, in which we have those, those weapons, guns, which can only be used for just firing. That is, if, right. if, if, if you've got your gun and you aim it at a criminal and shoot, it will shoot. But if you aim it at the good guy standing next to him, it won't shoot. How does, how does the, the gun know? Well, because basically it's not a science fiction gun. It's basically a fairy tale gun. And I have a feeling that the purple ray here is, in fact, a fairy tale ray, even though it's a fairy tale ray that feels like it's in a science fiction movie. And the, the purple ray, which was also the name of a science fiction movie, but not not when this thing was uh, published in 1907, um, the purple of the purple ray is the traditional color of royalty. Mm -hmm. And what this guy does, Herbert Munson, um, is build a Herbert mansion. Uh, and he it puts the royal ray in his Herbert mansion. Um, and people are allowed to come. And he, in fact, says that he wonders sometime if his philanthropy is a good thing, his love of people, which he dispenses from his mansion. Um, this seems to me at least as much a fairy tale as it is science fiction in the more traditionally understood sense.
Yeah, no, it, I, I mean, I was trying to sort of tease that out of you because what's so hilarious about this story is that it it has it, it's so disconnected from, you know, <laughs> any sort of sense of where is it? Who are these people? What economy? You know, like it, it, what I like to think about when I read the science fiction is, is how does the economy work in this world? <laughs> people just sort of wander around. You know, he builds a mansion. It, there's no newspapers. You would just sort of know stuff, right? Right. And I would say that some people would say this is just bad writing, right? <laughs> it's like all that passive construction. And I mean, some of the illusions in here are like, they're sort of baby, you know, like, like I was thinking, oh, maybe this was done by like a 14 year old. And I'd say, oh, very good. Right? If it was a 14 year old who wrote it. But um, I like it no matter if those things are so sort of clunky. So uh, like uh, trying to f- place where this is set, you know, is it in the, is it off the coast of California? Is it, you know, like, why am I thinking that? Well, it's got to be by the ocean, right? Um, and no matter what, I think is it's sort of set in that fairyland of, of you know, stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's not anything specific. But I love how even though the illusions are incredibly clunky, you know, when he drops them. You know, I have to ask you to give me some examples of that because I didn't find them clunky. I found them actually quite pointed. Well, I mean, I like them, but I'm like, well, really? Okay. So uh, one of the things that happens uh, in the second paragraph, and sure enough, here they came, those who loved not wisely but too well. (laughs) Like, okay, Othello, got it. Um, those who love deeply, but hopelessly, and those who love the dead, capital D, right? He also did love, capital L, in the first paragraph, um, and could endure their grief no longer, and the purple ray plucked, quote, plucked from the memory its rooted sorrow. Where's that quote coming from? (laughs) Sound like in the brochure? (laughs) Well, I know where that quote's coming from. Okay. That quote's coming from the fifth act of Macbeth. There you go. And one of the points about that in its original context is that Macbeth is being told that he needs to pluck memory from its rooted sorrow himself rather than have someone else do it for him artificially. And the same thing I think is true of not loved not wisely but too well. Othello is a terrific background here because Othello's mistaken feeling comes from having Othello's jealousy and ultimate murder – uh, of of Desdemona comes from his misunderstanding of what's going on. So both of those Shakespeare quotes in that in that second paragraph tell us that one needs to understand clearly and one needs to work on understanding one's self. That artificial means and ignorance will not lead to happiness. I think one of the key points of this story is that the the possibility of expunging memory completely carries with it the necessity of removing commemoration. And when that lady, that veiled lady Mm -hmm. says, could I half remember, could I, or could I half forget? She is speaking as someone who is the moral center. And when she finds that that's impossible, her pain is so great that she goes anyway and accepts full forgetfulness. 
when he sees that, when Munson sees that, he turns around and having maintained his memory of her, although he always could have gotten rid of it, right? Having maintained his memory of her, he says to know that you, he said it was better that you had been dead, to know that you don't know me. That's the most horrible thing of all. That's what he can't remember. And so he turns at the end to go and have his memory expunged. Memory is excruciating, but we need to deal with it ourselves. The story is telling us that we cannot live in a mansion of forgetfulness. I think those I think those uh, allusions, in fact, point us in this direction. I, I, don't, I don't disagree at all. I just think it's it's so funny that it's so packed with all of these things and it it's 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 almost like he had like a, a novella and it was cut down to <laughs> four pages you know like it's just so and like the fact that some of it's got quotation marks around it and some of it doesn't but no matter what happens he he is he is a fan don mark lemon was a fan clearly of so many of these sort of stories that he's like so It'd be almost like he says, I, I can I can imagine him writing another one, uh, another version of this story or sequel story in which Romeo and Juliet, instead of, you know, getting poison, they go to this same sort of, you know, they go to the priest and he gives them a, 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 a spray. <laughs> you know, they spray on their face that makes them uh, not love the other one. Right? And then when the other one doesn't love, then they fall in love. Like it's. It's very classically illusioned, um, his story. But to, I, I, overall, though, um, I think the, the preponderance of the illusions are, in fact, to Poe. Oh, clearly. And uh, that's, that's the one that's – well, I mean, there's – one is the, the woman, she is Morella, right? That is a Poe story. Yes. Um, there, there's a real place called Morella in Spain, but that's not, I think, the illusion here. And yet, she, the the character here, is not very much like the Morella in the Morella by Edgar Allan Poe. Ah, but I think there is a line here in Morella. Let me see if I can find it. I, um, uh, I, I tried to. It's near the near the end of Morella. So okay. just just quickly for our for our sake of memory, um, the story of Morella uh, is one in which uh, a man is deeply in love with his wife. She's very erudite. She spends most of her time in bed. She's teaching him about philosophy, uh, German philosophy in particular. Uh, she eventually wastes away, but she dies. She doesn't want to leave him. He doesn't want her to leave. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't want her to leave him. Um, she dies in childbirth. And she says, I will not leave you. And I, she dies in childbirth. And when she dies, at that instant, he now has an infant girl. Mm-hmm. He refuses to name, right? At the baptism, he won't name her. I mean, he won't name her. But at the age of 10, finally, he, he uh, names her. And um, at that point, she dies, right? He names her Morella, she dies. And he goes to bury her in the sepulcher where his wife, Morella, was lying. When he opens up the tomb, it's empty. Mm. He could have had Morella again as a child, not as a uh, not as a, as a wife. Uh, 
And let me see if I can find the line where he says, what what had driven me? What prompted me then? He says, what prompted me then? This is in the next to last paragraph of Morella. What prompted me then to disturb the memory of the buried dead? What demon urged me to breathe that sound, which in its very recollection was wont to make ebb the purple blood Mm. of the torrents of the temples of the heart? That purple blood is the purple uh, ray, right? The temples of the heart are the mansion of forgetfulness. Morella means a small Moors, that is a little death, which the mm-hmm. Victorian period was slang for orgasm. What we have here is a passionate love between a man and a woman in the Poe story, Morella, which, since it is thwarted by her death, in fact haunts him forever. You ask where where the mansion of forgetfulness is set. It's mm-hmm. really near an ocean, you say. Um, you say, uh, you know, loved not wisely, but too well. But you know what else it says? That she was lovely, waiting there to love and to be loved. Mm. It's a, it's Annabelle Lee. There's a retelling of Annabelle Lee as a science fiction story. Exactly. It's Annabelle Lee. This story, The Mansion of Forgetfulness, is a response to Poe. Mm-hmm. Poe is telling us that there is no way to get beyond the death of the loved one. And so we must live in constant sorrow. Right. And that's what happens at the end of Morella. And that's what happens with the fellow who lies there in the sepulcher by the sea uh, at the end of Annabelle Lee. But here we find the mansion of forgetfulness. And what Don Mark Lemon is saying is, if you can't get past it, why then just expunge it? But then mm-hmm. what would that mean? And what I think Lemon is saying is, you guys who thought that Poe was a little crazy, that Poe was excessive in thinking about the love that one has for the dead person, no. Think of how terrible it would be not to have the memory of that dead person. That's why Herbert Munson for four months does not expunge his own memory. That's why he feels such extraordinary grief when he realizes that he, like the veiled lady, is so full of pain that he can do nothing other than to expunge memory. We need to hang on to memory. The mansion of forgetfulness is a place to which only those insufficiently strong should ever repair. We need to hold on to our griefs. And I think that's true in, in why we read Othello and Macbeth. This is a, this story is a tragedy, and it's a response to Poe, showing us why Poe, in fact, is so powerful, and why even in a science fictional world where we think we can cure everything, the human power of of love and loss supersedes them. I I like your reading, although I I disagree that it's a tragedy because. One of the things that we realize is that the tragedy happens in the middle of the story, right? When he discovers after she takes her veil off, I don't need this veil anymore, right? Then he discovers, you are Morella, right? And then then a tragedy for him has already occurred. And that's where we get to sort of that Romeo and Juliet scene where, you know, oh, you've, you've, you've 
taking the poison. I'm going to go take the poison. And then she wakes up and is like back and forth. You could do it like a comedy piece, I always but, say. But this, but this is like Othello, right? It, Iago, but the ending. Iago uses Desdemona's handkerchief to fool Othello into thinking that Desdemona has been unfaithful. It's only after he kills her that he realizes what was behind that handkerchief. Right? I, so, I, see, I see the veil as the handkerchief, yeah. But at the end, in this story, uh, he says, um, wait, here while I too go and kill that memory. He goes in to kill the memory of her that she has just killed of him. And then it says, quote, he dragged himself up the broad stairway. I like that line, dragged. Looked back once when he had reached the landing, then turned and staggered towards the room of the Purple Ray. He's is It's like he's injured, right? Oh, yes. But what's going to happen next is he's going to come out, having lost the memory of her. They're going to be two perfect strangers, right? They don't remember each other. But she has a memory of him saying, hey, hang on a minute, right? <laughs> They're going to fall in love again and the tragedy is averted, right? This is like uh, why it's different from Poe. Poe would never stand for this. And that's probably why he an- ends it as he does. And, you know, I, I, I am not as confident with the dragging and the staggering um, and the loss. I'm not as confident as you are that an hour later when Herbert Munson mm-hmm. comes out of the mansion that the veiled lady will still be there. And well, that's a good point. <laughs> Maybe she won't stay. Indeed. And if she does, it's not at all obvious to me that they will necessarily fall in love again. They will but be it as isn't, it isn't, two strangers. It isn't as final as as... I mean, and th- this is why it's, you know, he is a, a Poe fan and not Poe, right? <laughs> it, 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 uh, what's so great about Poe is, you know, he has his theme. He has a few themes, but he has his main theme and he just does it over and over again. And, and it's beautiful every time, right? So when you read Morella, you say, oh, beautiful. And then when you read uh, Annabelle Lee, you say, oh, beautiful. And it's the same sort of tragedy he's calling forth every time. Um, and when you read this, you say, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but I, I, I just love that it's, it's, um, you know, it is this, it's a, it's like a ray, right? And I sent you a couple of drawings that I had done of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, there's a scene where they're standing, uh, outside, well, I've drawn it. They're standing outside this mansion that looks like a tomb, right? <laughs> One's wearing a, he wears a hood so that he... His, uh, his, it's winter time, right? It's snows. It's be- there's a lot of beautiful writing in here. He's covered up his face, right, with a cowl. So he's in shadow. She's in the veil. They're standing there, two strangers, right? He sends her in. She comes out, takes off the veil. Um, but I, I also drew another scene where they're just holding these like purple ray guns and spraying right. each other with, them, right? And it's like that's the, that's just so not, um what poe would do in this situation he he will do sort of 
fanta- the fantastic, right? He does sort of sciencey fiction, but not in this way. No. Where he's got a ray, like an X-ray or something like that. No, when he does science fiction, it's science fiction based. I mean, he really, Poe really loved science. So something like the facts of the case of Mishra Valdemar begins with the notion that we have mesmerism as a science and right. that someone can be mesmerized at the point of death in Articulo Mortis. And in that story, he, uh, the narrator even has medical students taking notes about what's going on. I mean, it makes it as scientific as possible. But the idea that that uh, Valdemar dies and immediately dissolves when the uh, the hypnotic trance is broken that's not science at all. That, that puts us back into this supernatural realm. Now, that that timeless realm and that untethered geography that you mentioned is, in fact, the, the domain of fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And it is where Poe is mostly situated. So I would like to point out this paragraph um, about what's going on uh, here in this story, because it uses you're, you're speaking about how beautifully it may or may not be written. Uh, if you, if you read fairy tales, uh, true oral tales, the kind that uh, Vladimir Prop points us to, um, they don't. You never see tweed, you know. <laughs> you know, you never see tartan. You never see uh, um, uh, houndstooth. You see gold, silver, white, black. Um, you see bright colors. You see uh, things that are clear. They are uh, they are kind of platonic ideals. Now, we're standing here uh, by the mansion. It was in winter. Now, listen to these words. When the snow had changed to crystal. Crystal. That's a great, the great material for fairy tales. As it fell upon the walls and cornices of the beautiful marble edifice. Right? Marble. Or piled itself in drifts of sifted diamonds against the stained glass windows when came a lady across the veils and entered the broad gateway of the mansion of forgetfulness. She is, we don't find this out for two more paragraphs, the lady who came across the veils, meaning valleys, so she's gone mm. from one height to another, she's crossed over a river and has come to a new domain. She is the lady of the veil, V-E-I-L. Uh, right. right. So the lady of the veils comes when the world is defined in terms of crystal, marble and diamond. Mm-hmm. This crossing of the veil gets us out of the world in which people can just die. You know, they can just drown in the ocean and you can mistakenly think that their bodies are uh, are lifeless when they are not into this other supernatural realm. I think what makes this story in fact, a very good response to Poe is that when Poe writes science fiction, that is the basis for uh, a story in a world that is fundamentally supernatural. But what what we have here is a story set in a world that is fundamentally scientific. Mm-hmm. News came of the discovery of the purple ray, right? And then what we see is that even in a world that is fundamentally scientific, the things that matter the most to people are indeed the things of that fairy tales have always told us about. So that the end, we don't know whether or not she will wait for him. And if she does, we don't know whether or not they will fall in love. But we know that if you're going to find eternal happiness, you need to allow yourself to go back into that fairy tale world. 
And that's what the fellow, what Herbert Munson um, does. He, he eventually realizes I can't just stay in the ordinary world. I too have to enter into that fairy tale world if I'm ever going to have the chance of living happily ever after. Mm. You, you mentioned Plato, and that is actually one of the notations I made. Um, because uh, in the Republic, Plato talks about how how we learn things. He he thinks that we we learn things by recognizing them. We've we've passed from in a previous before we were born, we were in the realm of the forms. But the trauma of childbirth brings us forth into the world and wipes our memory of what true things are in the realm of the form so you know what things are there you know everything but in being born it's quite painful and that wipes your memory and so when you are presented with things in life you say oh yes i know this and this is his theory of knowledge right, right. <laughs> that everything is being revealed to you as it as, as some shadow of what you really know and so it's um, called anagnoresis right and so you've got this the sort of a uh, throwback that you know the purple ray uh, takes away that pain, right? And it, uh, but it also relieves you of the knowledge, and you know life is pain. This is a I really like this story, um, and and I don't know why it's not better known, but it is so cute and short and um, and so full of illusion that it it I can see a lot of people dismissing it as having bad writing <laughs> like with all that passive tense you know and sort of the really obvious um just sort of back and forth and and it's such a setup too like they're both wearing hoods so that they can't recognize it what they don't recognize each other's voices or at least he doesn't recognize her voice right and how did she die she died in the ocean and was taken away from him that's very much just sort of an alan belly sort of we don't really know how she died <laughs> right. but uh, I uh, when I first read the story, I thought like she was she died and he buried her. But no, she died. He thought in the ocean. He kissed her or something, and she drowned. Like what's the, how did that happen, right? So if you start looking at it like a a regular story, you, you say there's a lot of plot holes in this thing, but it's not supposed to work on that level. I don't think. I think it's it's you know it's dancing in the fields where Poe wrote. That's a lovely phrase, but <laughs> there's more to say. <laughs>